Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On zero. <laughs> Three, two, one, zero. to another edition of the Just Press Play podcast. We are joined by Mr. Green, Uncle Tony in the building, along with the usual suspects, Pops and LJ. What's, what's up? going on, guys? Hey, what's up? What's up? Oh, we are back, and man, the NBA started up their, their offseason, I guess, and I, it's just moving at a warp speed. The NBA always feels like it does this, but every couple minutes, there's a new player demanding a trade to somewhere else, and and no, new guys getting shipped all over the place. I do want to get into some of that, specifically some of the whole like player empowerment. And at one point, I thought that was a good thing, and I still might. But it also seems odd. Like, I, I it seems odd seeing guys just anytime they feel like, okay, I'm tired of playing here, regardless of how many years are on my contract, I'm just going to go trade me and trade me to the one team I want to go to. You know, it seems kind of BS. I don't know your guys' thoughts, but. Well, I do want to get into know, that, but we're, we're go ahead. Yeah, you know, you guys, I, I don't know much about NBA, but I do know about money or lack of it, <laughs> and I just can't understand why someone would turn down a hundred and a hundred. Is it hundred and five or hundred fifty? I think it's one hundred and thirty-three, isn't it? It's what Harden's got. If we're if we're if we're referring to James Harden, Harden. He, he turned down a fifty million dollar a year. Extension, so he was going to get paid, be the first NBA player to be paid fifty million a year, which he's probably going to get paid one way or another. We, I want to get into that. Oh, I do want to say we're recording this on Wednesday night, so as we're recording this, the NBA draft's getting ready to start. So some things you may hear are a little dated, but either way, I, I believe one thing I can guarantee is this pod will have some opinions, and some oh, yeah. you might likely disagree with. So I, I, I just, we'll get into. Yeah, that. I'm out, but I just know how do. You, how do you turn down fifty million dollars a year and not have to move? Well, t- I mean, well, Tony, it helps to be million dollars a year, but I just can't. I, just can't I mean, I would say worth a lot of money. You do that when you've made forty-five million dollars a year for two or three years. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's it a little easier. Well, that's um, that's what I was going to say, pops. I haven't had the luxury of either accepting or turning down an offer like that, but I've also, I think, my answer would be pretty easy. But like you said, I haven't quite been paid. 
anywhere near that in my life. So yeah, I mean, I think, I know I think if somebody would give me forty five million, I probably would turn down the rest of the contract. I'd be done. I'd be t- <laughs> I'm out. I'm out riding in a boat and playing golf. My golf game would get yeah. better. It, well, it would have to. It has nowhere to go. <laughs> well, well, I'm about to say, does it, is it getting worse? It was, yeah, it couldn't get worse. I don't. I don't even want to say that. But yeah, it would get better. Speaking of golf, that gets us. So that's I how you turn down fifty million. Friends and our friends over at Bet Online were really good to me after Dustin Johnson finally got off the snot. I I put a little bet down on Bet Online for Dustin Johnson to straight up win it, and our man didn't just win it; he broke records at the Masters. Uh, Tony, did you watch Tony or Dad? Did y'all watch any of the the Masters? I didn't I like, get to watch any of that. You didn't watch any of it, Tony? Did you get a chance to watch? Yeah, some of it? I watched a little bit uh, from time to time. You know, Sunday is is football time for me, so I got to watch the morning and then just a little bit there. Uh, he did look really good every time he had the opportunity to kind of say, "Oh, I'm going down the wrong way here." He straightened himself up and and just played a great great round of golf. I, I my <laughs> all the hype coming in was Bryson DeChambeau and all that stuff Ooh. going on and. He flat fell on his face and I, and missed the cut. Is that correct? Did he cut? miss the oh, cut? Oh wow! I didn't realize he missed the cut. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, if that t- if if that doesn't say one thing that especially especially in golf, keep your mouth shut. Just keep your mouth shut and play. That 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 game has got too thin of a margin. And uh, anyway. Well, and and to your to your point, I honestly didn't know what Dustin jo- Johnson's voice sounded like until he won the Masters. So he did a good job of that. Yeah. He, um, I do. I might need to get some teaching up on betting golf, though, because what what I think is the real winner, and obviously the big winner, it was nice <laughs> to bet Dustin Johnson to win in that one, but there were some other bets I made on guys to win. I need to make more like top 10 finish bets. That's, I think, yeah. where, where you make your money. Because a lot of the guys I liked, which mostly were things I heard other people like, because I'm not as big of a golf aficionado, but – my picks were all pretty good, but I picked all of them to win it. So those long shots that ended up eight, that got me nothing. Well, even though he had a good did, tournament. Didn't I hear? I think I heard Dustin Johnson was going off at, on the 850. Uh, wasn't he a plus 850 uh, to win it? Uh, I think that's where I got to be, a plus 850. Sweet. Nice. Very so, nice. So it worked out. That was I do I gotta give a shout out. I gotta give a shout out to Ryan Huntsey. He is my golf guru, and I texted him and asked him who to go, and he was like, Dustin Johnson, I really like DJ this week. Right. So gotta give a shout out to Ryan Huntsey for that one. That, yeah. that was not Kevin knowing golf at all. <laughs> yeah. That's but that gets us to Bet Online, the premier place to gamble online and we just talked about the Masters. Of course, they had golf going on. They have more golf you can get going. And, of course, football is in full effect. They have they have NBA draft stuff as we're recording this. I don't, I'm not saying this so you can go get in on the NBA draft because by the time we do this, it'll end it. But they have everything. They have future bets, NBA future bets, and football. They got it all. And with more teams strutting their stuff, you might not be able to go to the games this year. NBA is working on it. Who knows? But you can still get in on all the action over at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get on everything imaginable from game spreads and totals. Pops may not be a big fan of totals right now after one parlay. We might get into that here in a little bit. To team and player coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place. Head to Bet Online today and use the promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. 
That is armchair, A-R-M-C-H-A-I-R. Put that in so they know we sent you over there. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Uh, looking back at last week's lock of the weeks, we're not quite ready to give out this week's. Uh, Pops, we were, me and you were both correct, partially for you. You all, you, you had the, you went ahead and said, not only am I going to give you a lock, I'm going to give you a parlay for the lock, <laughs> and I'm going to give you Rams minus one and take the over 55 and a half. Uh, what happened? Russ decided not to cook, I guess. I, what, what I don't know. What happened to the damn Seattle offense? Uh, I, you know what I think happened is they have no running backs to either run the ball or block for uh, Russell Wilson. I think that's one of the problems. Both of yeah. those would probably help them, mm, and they didn't do no, either. They didn't. Yeah. So, uh, so do you know how much a parlay, you know how much a two game, a two bet parlay pays when you only get one of them? <laughs> Any, anybody? <laughs> anybody? <laughs> it's like uh, zero. <laughs> yeah. Zero. Yeah. Uh, then we had the cards game. That was awesome. Uh, well, luckily, when we gave out the line for locks of the week, the line was at cards minus one, so we were all good. We might get into that turned into a beat for anyone oh, who man. a bad beat for anybody who bet it on Sunday. Uh, Jacob last week went and put Chargers plus two and a half. Did not wow. work out because my Miami Dolphins are now about to take the lead in the AFC East, possibly. I'm sure we'll get into that. And Uncle Tony, the problem you had was you put money on Chicago plus three, and you forgot to realize, I guess, that that was the most boring offense in the history of <laughs> NFL offenses. God, that Monday night was a stinker. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I have I have come to realize how bad Nick Foles really is, and I, <laughs> and what I can't imagine is how. And I do know now why Brett Favre is not in coaching because if Brett Favre sent a note to Dave Peterson. To, or Doug Peterson to say you could have, you should have kept Nick Foles over Carson Wentz. Man, what a dumbass! Because <laughs> I tell you what, Nick Foles is just not a good quarterback. Apparently, that, he's a great guy, but not not a good quarterback. Yeah, that Chicago offense is just like it's hard to watch. I don't know for sure. I, it, Nick Foles isn't. I don't think he's great at all. But that they, they, their running game's not good. Their blocking's not good. Their play designs are terrible. Like it just looks awful. awful. And it's not like we're talking about the purple people eaters on that Miami, that Minnesota Vikings defense. Now they, I think they're getting better, but they're not like some vaunted D. They're just I think okay at best. Mm-hmm. And they looked great last night or Monday night. Well, um, Kirk Cousins showed up big in primetime again, right? <laughs> he is now – that was his first win on Monday Night Football. Did y'all yeah. see that? Oh, yeah, yeah they yeah, made yeah, a deal yeah. out of it. Yeah. Yeah. God, do, do you so think when, when they showed him, like, so pumped up at one point on the sideline, do you think he was pumped up because he got his first Monday Night win or just because it was a win? Like, do you think he knows he's 0-9 on Monday Night Football? I think he knows that. Yeah, I think that's he on knows. his back. He's aware of that he stuff. Knows. He knows. Yeah, yeah, that was it. I do too. I think he because Kirk Cousins never is that you know animated. He's very much a cool cucumber and man. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he out seemed there pretty pumped. No, he knew. Good for him. Quietly, quietly, the Vikings are now four and five, only three games out of the NFC North, and their yeah. schedule coming up. They go. Let's see. It's not bad that they got the Cowboys. <laughs> that feels pretty good. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. got the Carolina Panthers. They get the Panthers, who I think the Panthers are tough, but they're on a five-game losing streak. The Jacksonville Jaguars, they could easily win the next three and 
be on a, a, a one, two, three, four game, six game winning streak yeah. to a team that we were pretty much bearing. I, Vikings, I think, just keep keep your eye on them. I'm not saying they're going to the playoffs, but I would keep my eye on them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but let's go to the game that everyone's talking about the, the the big game from the week. And first, I want to start off with is Kyler Murray now. <laughs> Must watch TV when it comes to the NFL. I'll start over with you, Pops. What do you think? Yeah, I, you know, luckily Arizona plays usually in the afternoon, being over on that side of the country. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you, I have gotten to look and see when is Arizona on? Who are they playing? You know, what 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 channel is it on? They're fun to watch. Yeah, they're they're very interesting. I think Kyler Murray Kyler Murray is must watch TV. And it also helps. We he did get mentioned last week, so I don't want to say like make it sound like we didn't say him. You were the one that said him, Box, on the best receiver combo. DeAndre Hopkins would like to put his name at the top of that yeah. list because that catch was <laughs> something else. Oh my goodness! Yeah, LJ, did you get to did you get to catch that uh, Buffalo Bills? Arizona game. I caught the last two minutes of it, and that was all I needed. Well, that was all that like that was enough for my health. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was amazing. I mean, I stood up on that uh, that catch, and uh, I mean, and it was also great watching the Bills come from behind to what I thought was going to be win that. So, I mean, that was a hell of a last two minutes of a football game for sure. It re- it really was that drive by the Bills. The, yeah. the I I I, I want to get into a little bit, but I thought that game told me it was everything about Josh Allen's career that all my thoughts I have about him. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is the guy I told you about, and then that final drive, I'm like, crap. <laughs> this guy's really, really good. Yeah, and then he ends up losing. That, that's a tough, what tough, tough way to lose for, no for the Bills. No kid. But I want to talk about that last, that final play call by Kingsbury, and I kind of think it was a terrible play call. It worked, but the <laughs> yeah. play call didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. They had three receivers on the right and one on the left. The one on the left was DeAndre Hopkins. I guess the idea was to get the Bills to shift some focus on the other three of all of three, which didn't go to the end zone and hopefully loosen the coverage for Hopkins, uh, who Murray later told Peter King on football morning in America that the play was drawn up to go to Hopkins all along, which that's, that's a good decision. Clearly that worked out well, but the bills as any smart team would do, didn't really focus on all those three receivers. They put double coverage on Deandre Hopkins, including Tredavious white, who's the third highest paid cornerback in the league and an all pro last year. And, Two other guys, they had another guy on him and a safety over the top. So three guys and DeAndre Hopkins. And Hopkins just did what I don't know if anyone else does better than that. I'm, I'm not sure if he's the best receiver, Tony, but when it comes to just going and getting a jump ball, that dude's pretty damn good. What what'd you think? Yeah, he is pretty good. And that's one of those one in a hundred plays, <clears throat> just like a spinning onside kick. You know, you get these Hail Marys that'll happen one out of a hundred. And man, they just ran that to perfection. And the ball dropped in just right. The um, cornerback in the front uh, mistimed his jump. The safety, for some unknown reason, decided to go behind DeAndre instead of in front of him. And they, they, it just all worked out. And so uh, him being DeAndre Hopkins made it that much better. Once he got his hands on it, he was coming down with it. Yeah, it would that's what you that. look for. Yeah, you know, um, uh, Megatron used to do that quite a bit um, mm-hmm. with uh, Calvin Johnson and, and yeah. be able to go up and get those. And and we haven't seen that quite some time. Uh, Devontae Adams is another one that's good at that. But, uh, 
Um, <clears throat> that was a uh, Hopkins made a great play. That's all you can say. It's 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 great. Well, Almost Kevin also one handed catch. Kevin, I got yeah. a little uh, a little uh, <laughs> disagreement with what you were saying though, bro, about how it's a bad play call because I think oh, a hail mary is like all psychological. It's all about getting in the other team's head, and by doing that, you're saying we dare you to stop this one guy standing over here. You know where the ball's going. We all know where the ball's going. Put all eleven guys on him. I dare you to stop him. And then that defense is either going to say. All right, I got you. Or they're going to be like, "Oh boy, they're confident." So, and I think it worked out for them. But wouldn't you put one guy? I, I just, we've seen the play where it gets batted down. Wouldn't you have one guy running short just in case he gets batted in front of him to where he can kind of catch the tip or something? Just Maybe you're so putting bad. you're you're putting the entire you're pushing all the chips in on Hopkins. And let me say, it worked. Well, all that matters is it worked. My so. point is, the defense sees that you're putting all your chips in too, and they're like. You know, that's when you find out, are they bold enough to take it from you? You know, it's like a game of poker where someone goes all in. You got to, like, say, like, am I with it? I don't know. I don't know. And then if you hesitate, you should get out because – and that's what I feel like the Bills might have done there is they hesitated a little bit. And that's why the safety is on the wrong side of the ball. So that's my thoughts. I don't know. I do want to give some credence, which obviously we're giving them some, some shot because we're talking about Kyler Murray being must-watch TV and all this stuff. Kyler Murray had a fantastic game. And that last play – him rolling out to the left, making he, yeah. he not only like sprints out to the left, he makes a guy miss and then sets his feet, flips his hip, and throws the ball 50 yards. It's not like that's just a small throw, mm-hmm. and it was right where it needed to be. Yep. It, yeah. it kind of floated up to where it came down. Hopkins played it perfectly, but yeah. I loved some of the stuff after the game where one was a tweet from Kyler Murray where he just put shit Hopkins <laughs> down there somewhere. <laughs> and then and then he also told he also told uh Peter King, I was reading the, the article and he was like, honestly I threw it and I couldn't tell, but I just saw two black gloves higher than everyone else's and it came down with the ball. And I know that Hopkins wears a five XL in black gloves, so I knew it was my boy. Well did you see how he actually Hopkins saw the play? Some- he like he got thrown off the to the end of the sidelines by like an opponent, I guess. And then, so he's looking the wrong way. He looks up at the jumbotron, and that's where he watches Hopkins catch the ball. It's pretty dope. That's that's pretty cool. <laughs> I saw a bunch of different angles of that play, and I'll just every single one was awesome. Like, yeah, that was, was a great play. Was that great. was maybe the, the the play we talked about in six months. So let's go to the. I do want to real quick before I go on the Bills. I, I saw a cool little fun fact about DeAndre Hopkins. Back in 2018, with the Texans, he caught 150 passes and zero <coughs> drops. Since Pro Football Focus first started keeping stats on drops in 2006, no wide receiver has ever had a season with 110 catches and no drops. Wow. Dude, dude's really, really good. As far as all-around receivers, like there's guys that are faster, as we mentioned. There's guys who are bigger. There's yeah. guys who maybe run better routes, but. Bill O'Brien, why didn't you even get a first-round pick for him? What the hell? Uh, Just tough. That's why Bill O'Brien is now working at uh, Hardee's. <laughs> Did you see <laughs> so, that in and out? I, that game was the final score, thirty-two to thirty. If you bet that game on, like we said, if you bet it when we gave our lock, cards minus one, all good. Don't need to sweat. If you bet it on Sunday, cards were minus. Two and a half. The reason they won by two was because they decided not to go for the extra point at the end. 
because yep. there's a recent rule change. It was a couple of years ago. Before, if you ever got an interception on a two-point conversion or a block kick, the t- other team couldn't advance it and get the two-point convert. And defense couldn't score two points, which I thought was a dumb rule. Why not let the defense try to score? Right. So they changed it, and Kingsbury decided to kneel on the extra point because if you kick the extra point and it gets blocked, it could end up being Bills tied up. Uh, honestly, the right play called by Absolutely. Kingsbury. But man, if you're a gambler, you thought you saw that Hail Mary was like, I just got it. I won. And not so much. Not so that, that one's that's a tough one. So what do you they changed the rule to where the defend the, the defending team can return it and get the points or cannot? Can. can. Okay. They can. Before, if you ever remember before like a two-point conversion, you would see maybe an interception on the two-point conversion. And it's just dead right there. Same with the blocked. If they block the extra point, it's just dead if the other team picks it up, which seems silly. I don't know why you wouldn't give the defense just yeah, a chance. Yeah, I thought you always could get the point, uh, either the one or the two. Yeah, I I guess I missed that. But De- Defense can always get two. If you go for one or go for two and you block the kick or intercept or, or pick up a fumble, the defense can return it for two points. Now, but, but you're saying but they before didn't use you could it. That that changed about yeah. four or five okay. years ago, I okay. believe. Yeah. yeah. Well, then, yeah, it's a good play so, by Kingsbury. So Kingsbury made the right call, but you're not happy about it if you bet on it. <laughs> um, I want to talk about the Bills because that's a loss where you, you I, not really such thing as like moral victories. A loss is a loss, and they loss suck. Loss is a and loss. That, that and it hurts them in the standings because now they're the Dolphins are only half game back in division and. The schedule lines up where the Bills are going to have their work cut out for them. But that game showed me a lot from uh, Josh Allen because there was a point in, I think, the third quarter where I was like, this is why you don't put your chips in on Josh Allen. He's turning the ball over, doesn't look good. And it was like 23-9, to and Kyler Murray looked like the superior quarterback. But then that final drive, Josh Allen made third down play after third down play. And then that throw to Stephon Diggs where it not only made it solidified some of the things we said about Diggs possibly being the best receiver. The throw and catch were really good. Yeah, Josh Allen was fantastic on that final drive, didn't you think, El? Yeah, I did. I mean, I don't have anything to add. He looked fantastic on that final drive. I didn't see anything else, but damn, he looked good. Uh, did, did any what, – what'd you – coming off that loss, Pops, do you think the Bills – you still have you have a lot of confidence in the Bills. Less, more. What you I think? don't think this did anything to to hurt my confidence in yeah. the Bills. It's a tough loss, but I mean, when you when you lose on a hail mary, uh, you know, I, I'm just saying that's not a negative to your team. They are, I, I, like you said, they're only a game up on Miami, and Miami is. I'm telling you, you can hear them put, picking them up and putting them down and it behind you. They're they're coming. <laughs> uh, but but no, it didn't make me doubt him anymore, and and it might even be, uh, might even give him some faith in in uh, uh, Josh because I mean he did lead him down and and thought he had the game winning score until I. That's where I think I'm at, and I'm interested to see where you think, Tony, because I I knew he could put up some stats and could score for you, but I didn't know if he could give you a two minute drive, and he sure enough he did that. He did that in that final that final drive before. The Hail Murray, if you will. What what'd you think, Tony? <laughs> yeah, I, I thought I thought uh Josh Allen, you know, did a great job. And again, I appreciate him listening to the podcast and taking that <laughs> on the field. So um, but uh um you know, let's not forget, so they've gone to the West Coast twice to play the NFC West, and you know, they got that squeaker 
pass interference or non-pass interference to beat the Rams 35-32. And then they come down to Arizona and they get beat by Arizona on a Hail Mary and lose 32-30. Karma's going to get you, you know, and to come out of there going to that what arguably is the toughest division of football and come out of those two games one and one, I think you got to be satisfied with that on the road with those two. And so um, – uh, I think they're they're probably fine with that, and I think and Josh Allen has shown now in a couple of games something that he didn't do last year is manage manage a fourth quarter drive and and and, and do well with that. I still say uh, tools to tools that Josh Allen is probably the better quarterback than Kyler Murray when you look at the physical tools, but. Kyler is just on fire right now, and he's got that hot hand, and he's really playing well. So uh, it was a it was. And a fun he honestly game to watch. does look like the fastest guy. It, week in and week out, he looks like the fastest guy on the field, which yeah. is not something now, you often I, see. From I, the I would say Lamar Jackson looked like that last year. It was True. hard to catch Lamar. This year, it's a little easier to catch Lamar. Lamar's at least not giving you that that look. We'll see if it changes the second half of the season with them kind of having their backs against the walls. I may go back to that, but. Kyler Murray right now is their best running back. And uh, now Kenyon Drake is back. We'll see if the game plan changes now that they know that he's healthy. But, yeah, Kyler looks awesome. Would you – Looks like that guy. Tony, would you have any interest in, like, I just looked up future MVP odds. I've got those pulled up. fourth. That might be my lock of the week. That, that's interesting to me. I don't know, but we just saw we saw Lamar Jackson do it last year, and Kyler Murray's putting up better stats yeah. than Lamar did last year, as yeah. of right now. What's uh, Mahomes? Mahomes is obviously at the top because yeah, Mahomes is just plus one. It's almost like we go, oh, Mahomes threw for three hundred yards and four touchdowns. Huh. Yeah. That was a decent day. Like, like we almost just shrug off how good he is. Um, LJ, are you are you? Do you want to save that a little bit, or? Well, I don't think that's my lock of the week, but it, I've got it pulled up that's because that's I was lock. thinking I about to, it. <laughs> I need to go look at those odds because I bet you there's some there's some pretty cool odds you could get on some people. That that well, might be I'll fun tell you, to talk I'll about. I'll tell that. you, uh, uh, I I despise them, and we know this, but Ben Roethlisberger's odds are plus fourteen hundred. That's worth looking at. I mean, that's worth looking at. Um, yeah, but yeah. So I actually have a, a little. I have a, a a confession to make. I already did get in on some of these odds, Uh-oh. and so I put a Kyle. A, my, the the heavier bet is a little on Kyler Murray because I really that's the one that pays out. Yeah, I'm, I, I that could be big. But just to cover my losses, I made I made a safe bet on Patrick Mahomes because I think if Kyler Murray doesn't have a great year and like I think he's the only one now, especially with Russell Wilson kind of falling a little away. I yeah. think it's probably Patrick Mahomes MVP to, to lose unless Kyler Murray goes nuts the rest of the year. But there's an interesting one that I threw on. Just a very I sprinkled a third one because the odds are really big for him. And Bob's, I think you might have interest in this Uh-oh. one. Uh Alvin yeah. Kamara plus five thousand. Wow. If if yeah, the I'm Saints have a, a good stretch, how much? If the how Saints have a really good stretch, five thousand. Okay, so fifty to one. Yeah. If uh, if the Saints if the Saints have a good stretch, especially with Jameis Winston coming in, I think it's going to have a lot to do with Dalvin Cook. And we just talked about it yeah. how he's like last week how he's like top ten in receiving and rushing. I think he's number one in all purpose yards right now. I think it'll have a lot to do with Dalvin Cook. And 
It would be Alvin interesting. Kamara, I could right? see the, the narrative there. Yes, that's what I mean. Alvin Kamara. Yes, yes. What is that? Hmm. That one intrigues Cooks 5,000 as well. That'd be yeah. a tough pull. It'd be a tough in this day and age for it not to be a quarterback. But uh, yeah, you could. You could. Now, if he goes on and he gets three or four touchdowns a week for the next six weeks and closes out the season with 20 plus rushing touchdowns or 20 plus total touchdowns, I think he's in the ballgame. That one, that one was just a fun. I think it comes down to quarterback, like you said. So the real money's on yeah. those. But I put like a, a real big long shot, like small bet, because that, that one's one of those you put something small. Sure. It's worth yeah. some pennies at. Yeah, I want to take a look at that. So uh, I think the question though, who's going to win the AFC East? Do you think it's the Bills or the Dolphins? Well, I right would. now the odds have changed a little bit since <laughs> someone may have put a little bet on that. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, when. During the Dolphins' bye week, when they made the switch to Tua, I put a little bet on the Dolphins to win the AFC East, and it was Dolphins plus 750. Now the Dolphins are plus 210. Wow. I think wow. The, if, wow. That's if, a if you huge look at the change. Remaining, the remaining schedule is really interesting. Tomorrow, Kevin? <laughs> well, <laughs> I need some what stock. was that, Tony? I need some stock advice, Kevin. Can you, can you talk to me? <laughs> well, that, you you don't want that advice. Trust me, that advice will not get you anywhere. <laughs> the Bryant, the Jets, the Bengals, what? the Chiefs. Yeah, they both got they both got four losable games basically left. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm and it comes down to the two of them playing at the end of the season. I think it's going to come down to that game. I'm pumped about the, it. Do they play week seven? Yes, they do. They do. Well, well, you look at you look at the next three weeks for the Dolphins. They got oh, at Denver, at New York, yeah. at, uh, Cincinnati. Though you would think <clears throat> those are three wins. Yeah, and and, the and now they're probably and, and the Bills' next few games are they got a bye week: Los Angeles Chargers, San Francisco, Pittsburgh. But then, like you said, the Dolphins' schedule gets tough late. I think it really could come down to like you like week seventeen, Miami, Buffalo. Could be not only must watch because I think it'd be a good game, but the division could re- could lay on that single game. So yeah. that one's interesting. I think it will. I think it will lay on that. Um, there's also noting, there's though, also Kyler, a, oh Kyler doesn't play at the same time, so we got two must watch games already in week seventeen. So beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. You love to see it. It's worth noting, LJ. The, the 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 Cardinals also. If you just look at odds to win NFC Championship, the Cardinals plus eleven hundred. Mm. I could. It's. I wouldn't say they're the favorite by any chance, but I could see it. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah. Maybe. Huh. Um, I want to go into the game that we talked a little bit off the top, and that was about that they didn't do the over for us, but that Rams Seahawks. It wasn't exactly the scoring explosion we thought, but the Rams really showed what a lot of us, what I felt like was our overriding thought last week, which is they're the complete team. They might not have the flashy quarterback. Mm. They might not have the crazy running back. They might not even have the amazing receiver in Hopkins outside, but they, they do it all well, and the defense looked really good against the Seahawks. What were your thoughts, Dad? I know you had interest in that game, one, because of the parlay, but also two good teams. What well, I think you hit the nail on the head, and I think Tony was talking about it. I do think the, the L.A. Rams are one of the most complete overall teams that, that we have left. Uh, I, I guess I'm going to talk a little bit about Russell Wilson and, and, and is he in trouble or, or not. Number one, I think he ran into a hell of a defense. Uh, number two, I, I really am more worried about him. Did you know, let's see, he is number, he's had 30 sacks this year. He's fourth uh, in the league in sacks. 
and and I just think he's tried to do too much. And he knows he's he doesn't have a good defense. He knows he's got a score. He doesn't have that back that can pick up the blitz. He doesn't have that back that's going to pick up the yards. I think he needs some help in the running game uh, really bad. And I think he gets Carlos Hyde yeah. back this week. Not Carson, but I do think he gets Hyde back. So, I mean, I'm not ready to throw dirt on Russell Wilson. I'd still look at him in the MVP. I think he's got some – uh, he's going to make some noise in that. Uh, but, boy, it just that was just a tough game. They ran into a really solid football team, and they lost. Well, it's I think I think it's it's a lot like what you you just said and what Tony said last week. It they're not having a running game. I think it's smart to have the whole let Russ cook and let him throw. But it's not even that they're just letting him throw. The other team knows they don't have any other options, so they are blitzing the hell out of Russell Wilson. He's getting smacked, and we talked about that defense can't stop anybody. So, so he knows he has to make these plays. And the defense is just. I I think a lot of that game was the Rams just had not only a good game plan, but just they're just a good defense. I mean, Jalen Ramsey kind of put the lockdown on DK Metcalf, which no one else has really been able to do all year. True that, Tony. That that division's now sitting at a three-way tie uh, with Arizona, LA, and Seattle all at six and three. I mean, is is the are the Rams the favorites in that division now? Yeesh. I don't know. We've been saying all along about how strong the NFC West was. Now San Francisco has just been decimated. We can't talk about how many. Looking at the had, odds, so. it's very, very close. Yeah. It's, so Seahawks I, are the favorites at the odds, then Rams, then Cardinals, and then the 49ers way, way back. Sorry, Hannah. Yeah. Yeah, she don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Seahawks have an interesting schedule coming out that kind of favors them. I was looking at that today uh, from a fantasy standpoint and looking at what, what they've got in front of us. And so they have a pretty good schedule down the stretch. Um, so if you're going to get them, you better get them now. And they've had this these tough games right in a row. But here was the thing about that game this this Sunday. I, it was a great game to watch, uh, I thought, if you're old school kind of football. And so L.A. did something to Seattle that no one else has tried to do. Until this point, everybody thought they were just going to have to try to outscore Seattle, and you saw, uh, you saw them try to have an offensive explosion. But the Rams went against that and started ball control, and, and, and even though Seattle is the worst pass defense in the league, they decided to run the football with authority and and use some short passes and just use kind of eight up the clock and and kept it low scoring, which one frustrated the Seahawks and two kept that you know um, I think it was just a different approach and it worked. Uh, the second thing is and and to Prestige Worldwide's credit, give him a shout out. You know they Seattle runs the most play actions or one of the most play action uh, passes <coughs> in the league. And you've got to have the illusion, at least the illusion of being able to run the football for the play action to work. And for without Carson and Hyde, I don't think they have the illusion of being able to run the football. Now, when you get one or both of those guys back, I think the play action then becomes more viable and Russell Wilson becomes more effective. He doesn't get sacked as much because the, the linebackers and safeties have to honor that run. And then we'll see him get back to, to where he needs to be. So I, I think it just, you know, when that happens, I think Seattle's offense gets back, you know, fires on all cylinders. And you can't discount how much Chris Carson means to that offense. And to whether he's scoring or not, just the opportunity for him to be there, I think, makes the big difference. Well, I think you're so right. I, I think smart teams 
do run a lot of play action, and Seattle is one of those. And, and play action's great, and it works, but you got to have some semblance of a run game. Because if if I know you can't run for shit, then I don't care if you're play action. I'm not even I'm not I'm, it doesn't even phase me. Because even if they do hand it to DJ Dallas. He's not even breaking three or four yard runs very often. Yeah. Like it just well, just nothing. FYI, the leading so they, rusher well was Russell Wilson for the Seattle Seahawks. The <laughs> second leading rusher was a former Razorback, Alex Collins, for Pete's sake. So, <laughs> who they just signed off the streets, yeah. and he's not, and he's yeah, been a free right. agent for, for a while, while, for a while. So, yeah. so they're really dragging yeah. the bottom of the barrel. Not, yeah. Sorry, Alex. I mean, I love you, Razorback, but <laughs> um, that's still, yeah. yeah, they're dragging the bottom. That's that division is the one we've been on. All year we've loved – I mean, everybody has. And I, I just think it's going to – just like we talked about, the AFC East is going to come down to Week 17. That AFC – the NFC West, Seattle now plays the Rams in cards down the, down the stretch. Arizona plays the Rams twice and Seattle once. And then the Rams are at Arizona in Week 13 and then finish up the year at Seattle, then Arizona at home. So, it that, that division's totally up in the air. So, if you have a team you really like, I mean, any t- either of those three can – Obviously, I mean, obviously they're all six and three, but they all have chances. Even if they lose next week, they all have their chances. So that that's going to be tight going into week seventeen, and I'm here for it. Yeah. I think that's going to be fun to Speaking watch. Speaking of week seventeens, can I make a proposal real quick? I would love to hear. So it. can we have just the the NFC East just a race to the first to win four games, and just so we don't have to worry about what happens in week seventeen? There, we don't have to put it on national TV. <laughs> well. That is a hell of a segue. First off, I wanted to throw out that the NFC East is now the first division since the 1970 merger with every team at three or fewer wins through week 10. Oh. That's not including the strike season where they didn't even play it all the games. But, dude, oh, my God, they're terrible. That's crazy. But I'm thinking about thinking about a bet on the Giants to they, win the They NFC look like East. the best team in the NFC least. They really oh. do. Oh, I agree. I disagree. Uh, I disagree. Who? I Tony, let me who's, hear. Okay, who's I'm, the better team? The Washington football <laughs> I, team? Right now, the Washington football team to me is the best team in the NFC East. And I'll tell you why. Here's why. Alex Smith. And he's not the Alex Smith of three years ago, but he's, he, I, you could arguably say, arguably say he is the best quarterback in the NFC least. He, he doesn't throw picks like Daniel Jones. His head's on I don't straight, know. Did which you... is better than Andy Dalton. And, and Carson Wentz just can't figure out how to how, how win. He's getting sacked all the time. Alex Smith, I think, carries a team a little bit better than all of those guys. And shoot, man, Antonio Gibson, I, right now, now, Miles Sanders is back. I will say Miles Sanders is back, so that may make a big difference for the Eagles. But right now, Antonio Gibson is the best running back in the NFC East. I, and that's including Zeke Elliott, because I don't know where his head is, but he sure as hell ain't running the football. So um, I, I I think the Redskins – and, hey, tell me who's playing better than Terry McLaurin. Number four wide receiver well, in the okay. NFL right now, McLaurin. I'm telling you, man, they are – they and they've got a pretty – they've got the number one defense against the pass, and they get to play all those yucky teams once or twice down the stretch. I Man, I, I don't know. Look, I don't. My only hesitation there is, I, I the Alex Smith story is fun, and and he's pro, he should be comeback player of the year. Just the fact that he's still playing football is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but one Matt Patricia try to do what only Matt Patricia can do well, and the Falcons is, and that's blow a twenty one point lead in the fourth <laughs> quarter, and he did his damnedest to do it. He tried hard, and that Man. final drive for Washington. 
It never, somehow they got all the way down there and they kicked the field goal. They did nothing. He threw checkdowns to J.D. McKissick every single play. Okay. And the only way they got first downs was phantom pass interference calls. Like, it wasn't anything no, that made me go, this team's dangerous. <laughs> wait a minute. We're not asking ourselves to compare the Washington football team to the rest of the NFL. We're <laughs> the Washington football team to the NFC. That's a fair point, so Tony. Let's yeah. That's straight. So the, the New York football giants today fired their offensive line coach. They fired yeah, him. Because he because Mark Colombo, the former offensive lineman of the Cowboys, big man, got into an alleged fist fight with Joe Judge. Did y'all read that? No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Apparently, the reports are that Mark Colombo, the offensive line coach, and Joe Judge got into a fight, and it did not go in Joe Judge's favor. Go figure. <laughs> and then he he fired him right afterwards. Well, I would so, say that didn't go in Mark Colombo's <laughs> direction no. if he got fired. Well, the, the, yeah. The final, final outcome probably didn't, so, but the, the fighting. So it's okay. Part, like, hey, you I kicked think. my ass. You know what? You're fired. <laughs> You're fired. Yeah. I believe just on the tail of the tape of that one pops, that would be like you fighting a man who's six foot six, three hundred and thirty pounds. <laughs> I don't know for sure if that's a good idea by Joe Judge, but uh, yeah, I don't know. But so, Tony, you want to compare Washington to the rest of the NFC? Let's just compare them to the G-Men. The last five games for the G-Men beat Washington. Blew a 10-point lead to losing Philly. Again, they should have won if Evan Ingram makes a catch on third down with uh, like less than two minutes left. Then got very, very close in a Monday nighter to Tampa and then beat Washington a a second time. So they've beaten Washington twice. If there's one thing Daniel Jones can do, it's beat Washington football (laughs) team. And then last week beat the Eagles by 10. They're now a, a half a game back, I believe. They're well. They're all a half they a game back, many, aren't they? <laughs> true. The, the 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 Cowboys somehow are not far behind. And I, it's a side note. It's worth looking at. Not that I want to enjoy anything, and I hope they don't <laughs> win a game. But Andy Dalton comes back, and the Cowboys have the easiest remaining schedule in the NFL, and the easiest, obviously, in the NFC East. With only one opponent left that has a record over 500. Wow. The combined winning percentage of their opponents are 349. So they're all, and they're only a game back. So <laughs> I don't know. Hell, I don't know. The NFC sucks. Yeah. 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 Let's just roll the dice and 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 pick one, two, three, four. I, I'll go out to, to first to four wins. I'll put some money on Washington. Yeah. First, first to four wins. I like that. And then we don't have to talk about them ever again. Kevin's right, though. I had forgotten they'd beat Washington twice, so the Giants do have a leg up there. So that was we'll not game. all those games were with with the great Alex Smith, at, Mr. Checkdown at quarterback. Yeah, Mr. So Checkdown was not there. <laughs> That's why JD McKissick is now on my fantasy football team. Well, he had like I think he had 16 targets or 15 targets last week. So He's especially if you're PPR, he keeps at this pace. <laughs> um. Is there any – I guess the other big thing we should talk about, that injury was weird on, on the Saints game. The injury was kind of weird with Drew Brees. I thought, really, he's not playing? I mean, I, you would think he would play and had his helmet on the whole time, which apparently later I realized, I think they pointed out, he was listening because he has the headset in his helmet or whatever, so he's listening to the offensive play calls. That makes more yeah. sense. But then it came out later. I, I don't know for sure what he's gonna if he's going to miss this week. I would think so, but he has – Broken ribs and collapsed, collapsed lung. lung. That sounds horrible. 
That yeah. doesn't sound I, the, I, the fact that, that will do to you. So. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that they're one even thinking he might play if 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 I had a collapsed lung and broken ribs, I'm taking off work for like a month. <laughs> yeah. Like you won't even see me leave the house and he's thinking about playing next week. That's just crazy. It is worth noting because I'll always if I have a chance to uh Give a shout out to the the great Tony Romo. He uh, broke his ribs and collapsed lung, and then shot it up and played on Monday night and won. So I'm just throwing that out there with with the collapsed lung. And but that's anyway that, that's beside the point. I just I always got to mention Tony Romo when I can, and I didn't get to hear him this week since CBS didn't have any games. Um, does that scare you for the, the the Saints lead that division barely? Uh, but does that scare you? They got Jameis, Mister LASIK surgery coming in at quarterback. What do you think, Tony? Well. We'll see what that Lasix does for him. You know, I'm interested. Uh, but I did. Uh, my drink tonight is the De La Louisiane because I figured we were going to talk about those uh, those Saints in uh, New Orleans, and uh, so I, I will. I think it actually helps Michael Thomas because they're going to have to go to him and say, "Look, you, I know Jameis is not going to hit you like Breeze, but you're going to have to catch everything that comes your way, and he can do that if he's healthy." I think it more depends upon Michael Thomas than it does Jameis Winston. And I think you'll see more Taysom Hill in the game plan this week. And so you're probably looking at Jameis At Winston. quarterback or just all over the quarterback field? Quarterback. All, but but, but all over, yeah. I think yeah. you'll probably see him 30%. I, I'd say at least a 30% of the snaps will be Taysom Hill and the other 70 will be Jameis Winston. So, um, And I forgot who's, who did the Saints have this week? As Atlanta. It's Atlanta, which is always a tough game for them, uh, but it is in New Orleans, so um, you know that's always better. But uh, uh, I, Drew Brees, and they say broken. I, I've heard broken and fractured. There is a very big difference. Um, obviously, if it's a collapsed lung, you can't get your lung collapsed without there being a puncture of it. They did say puncture lung, say collapse. So that just means they hit him pretty damn hard. Uh, but um, if those are fractured, he does have an opportunity to come back a lot quicker. Uh, then if they're broken, obviously, I, I don't know how he comes back before then. But if if we'll see what the uh, honestly we'll see what the Bucks do over the next two three weeks. If the if the Saints can can maintain a one to two game lead over the next two to three weeks, then I don't see him coming back uh, until until it's playoff time. Well, and as we talked, they do have the tiebreaker over the Bucks because they beat them twice soundly. Yeah. So that, at least they have that in their back pocket. Pops, what do you? What were your thoughts, well, kind of? I, I do want to before you go real quick. Did you see Pops that he not only has these injuries, but I think he had a fractured uh, rib before. They just didn't realize it until they did the MRI. I was like, oh shit, yeah, you've you've been had this fractured dude. this fractured ribs. Yeah, and he's playing through it. What do you think? I know you're a big Drew Brees fan. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I, I just think Jameis Winston. I would. I would think there's got to be a little part of Sean Payton that's salivating because, I mean, now he, he's got a guy that can throw the ball anywhere. I mean, he can throw it down the field. He can do anything with it. I mean, maybe even to the other team. But um, <laughs> and, and I'm like Tony. I think you got Taysom. I mean, now you got Hill. You can get in for more plays during the game. I just. I think a good coach like Sean Payton has got to be going, oh hell yeah, and rubbing his hands together. I just think. I don't know what they're going to do. He's still got he's still got Thomas. He's still got Kamara. Uh, maybe I've drank the Kool-Aid with Jameis Winston, but I do think he's an NFL quarterback. I really do. And maybe Peyton can get it out of him. And and so I'm a little excited to see how it comes out. So, so I'm here 
Yeah, so I'm hearing you guys say that you think the Saints are still in the playoffs without Drew Brees. I think so. I, I yeah. think so. Yeah, I do. I mean, I I really think Pops has a. I, I don't know. I'm really excited to see it because this is this is why Jameis Winston goes to New Orleans because we just saw it happen with Teddy Two Gloves. You come in when when uh, uh, Drew Brees goes down, and then if Winston can put together four good weeks and they go four and zero, which as Tony mentioned, let's look at the schedule. The next three weeks, they go Atlanta, Denver, Atlanta, Philadelphia. Next four weeks. Atlanta is frisky, don't get me wrong. And they they would be on a four-game winning streak if Todd Gurley knew what Nick Chubb did, and that's go down before you score <laughs> there at the end. But if he goes 4-0, has, I think Sean Payton could kind of, in the back of his head, you don't want to lose a Hall of Fame quarterback, obviously. But he might be like, well, now I can run those plays where a receiver goes 40 yards down the field. You know? Mm-hmm. That, that intrigues me. I'm, I'm intrigued to see what – what well, Winston don't you does. think now he just needs to remember what team, yeah. what jersey his team? Well, is don't wearing. you think Winston has got everything to gain here? I mean, unless he's just feeling the pressure, he has got so much to potentially gain, like some zeros on a paycheck. So, um, and, and and Drew Brees is is you know this is probably his last year. I'm just saying Winston could be the guy. I don't think Taysom Hill is is going to be the future quarterback of the of the Saints. So it could be it could be uh, it could be. Winston. And looking at the schedule, uh, you also mentioned Atlanta's schedule just to see if they can stay atop. Atlanta finishes it off pretty easy, but they do play the Rams on Monday night this week and then the Chiefs next week. So they got two tough games going if they lose a couple of those and then the Saints rattle off some wins with Winston. I think I would still like the Saints to win that division because they have the tiebreakers. Mm-hmm. But I, that that injury is going to be interesting to see if he comes back and how he looks when he comes back because I think you still yeah. want Breeze manning that offense in oh, the playoffs. Yeah. But absolutely. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis. Go green with solar panels or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's home equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. 100%. I'm really excited to see what the James Winston experiment is like in New Orleans. Uh, were there any games from this past week that you guys wanted to mention that we didn't get to? Uh, 
Well, I, I think it is an interesting stat for you. Let me pull it up. Well, here. I, I didn't want to mention we, we haven't talked about there's a couple of games that I thought were interesting that j- just in the outcome were not that different than what you expected, but I just thought it was interesting that, um, well, one of them was the Colts beating the Titans yeah. and being kind of handily, I thought was a statement for the Colts yeah. uh, to, to say. And maybe earlier. a statement on the Titans yeah. on how bad they are too. Now I they, don't know. Yeah. The t- we talked the last time the Titans kind of did this last year. They kind of faded in the middle and then had a big run at the end. So, I'm not as concerned as much concerned about them, but how the Colts may be uh, getting their act together, and you know the Titans' defense really is a shell of what it was last year. But but I thought that was uh, an interesting game to see a statement. I also thought that um, it, even though they won, the Packers having come back against the Jags kind of tells me the Packers may have been looking ahead to the Colts Maybe. this week. That's a big game, Packers and Colts. Uh, and then, uh, you know, because that, that just shouldn't have even been that close. At home, a lot of people lost a lot of money on that game uh, with the, with, um, the, uh, the uh, Packers not covering and that, that under. And then um, finally, I think, you know, the, the New England Patriots figuring out a way to beat the yeah. Ravens. Uh, although, yeah, it was in a semi, you know, monsoon uh, and it wasn't like it was a blowout or anything, but for them to to win just a crappy game like that, uh, the Ravens need to get their act together. We'll see if they do it this week, but uh, they're going to have to lean on Lamar Jackson and try to quit and figure out their identity and move forward. So that's going to be that's going to be pretty interesting. Yeah, that's one of those. <laughs> we I, I really thought this was going to be the week we can go. Okay, we can. Finally, completely go. The, the Patriots yeah. are done, and the Ravens get their act together. And then Mother Nature also. I don't know what Bill Belichick did with his little. You know, I don't know if he has something with the clouds. He did some kind of transformation up there and made it to where it just pours down rain right when Lamar Jackson needs a two minute drive to win it. Because oh my God, you couldn't even see that last drive. It was raining so damn hard. Yeah. So I feel for him. But yeah, the, the Ravens got to get it together. That offense just doesn't even look close to what we saw last year. Like nothing even resembles it. I keep thinking it'll get back, but maybe, just maybe, it could have been a little fluky last year. Maybe Lamar's MVP yeah. year was a little fluky. I I wouldn't be shocked. I said it's more likely they get things going, but I don't know. It's a lot of weeks in a row where it kind of makes you go, I don't know. What do you think, Pops? Well, I, I'm kind of like you guys. On, I, Baltimore losing that game and going down to three games down now to Pittsburgh uh, is a big deal. Pretty much done, I would think. In Maybe, but – and and I hate to give fuel to LJ's fire, but, I mean, I, I did see a picture of, of Roethlisberger with a big ice pack on his knee and one on his shoulder. And, I mean, you know, he is the walking wounded. <laughs> and, I mean, he has been getting hit a little bit, no doubt. But Let's see. Uh, uh, you know, I hope he makes it through the end of the year. I do think he's, you know, a great quarterback. But uh, Baltimore dropping that game was a was a big deal, uh, and, and it it's going to hurt them in the long run. And, and like Tennessee, I think Tony said I lost you a little bit, but I, Tennessee losing to Indy like pretty solidly was a big deal to Tennessee. Um, yeah, I couldn't decide. I, I I saw some. I was having a conversation with a friend offline, and we were just talking about Tennessee, and he was saying Tennessee's frauds. 
and they're just not very good. And I, that game to me, I, it does make me worry about them because that defense is just not like like Tony said. The defense is just not not the defense we were we we think of and we think of a Mike Vrabel in Tennessee. They were decent, they were good last year. They're just not very good right now. But also they lost that game on a series where they don't score, then they have a punt blocked, and then a punt shanked that went like four <laughs> yeah. yards or something. It was ridiculous. <laughs> like, they didn't just – the score makes it look like they got blown out, and they kind of did, but they that, that turned in like a three-minute span. Yeah. I, I'm not ready to go, Tennessee is terrible. Like, I still think Tennessee can get that ship right. Yeah, I feel real sorry for that punter because today he's delivering packages <laughs> again for FedEx. And I, I feel bad about that. I sure hope he didn't turn in his uniform when they asked him to come to the practice squad. And then, then I, and I, I sure hope they don't fire the. Well, maybe they should fire the special teams coach for saying, "Oh yeah, I think this guy can punt." Mm, man, that was a bad, bad decision. So we'll see, Mr. Daniel. I hope you're okay out there, and you know, uh, you know, I hope you're delivering packages for a long time. <laughs> All right, well, that gets us into – I want to go uh, take a look at this week's game and get some of our locks of the week. Oh, hey, hey, before we get to that, Kevin, can I, can I put something out there for conspiracy? Oh, of, uh, can you? Please. Okay, so um, we've been talking about all this stuff, and we're going through our locks because I feel comfortable that we're going to have a week 11 and a week 12 of the NFL but I am a little concerned about weeks 13 through 16. So I don't know if you saw today, the NFL per, uh, announced that after this week, they're going to the intensified protocols uh, for uh, COVID-19, which means that, uh, you know, you, you they have got every, before you come in the building, you've got to be tested. And before you, uh, you can only have virtual meetings. And if you're having meetings in the facility, it's got to be outdoors or in a room that has been certified or, or something like that. So they're going back to where they were in um, uh, in the, the training camp. So it, it seems to me that the NFL is getting ready to say, okay, after Thanksgiving, week 12, we're done with the regular season because we know who the top 16 teams are. We're going to delay it, and we're going to go to a straight – we're going to go playoffs here in six weeks, get everybody straight, get them through the holidays, two weeks to re- – to, to clear protocols, a week to practice, and we're going to go straight to the playoffs. Uh, similar to what we saw with 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 the NBA, all of the camp, and, and but some type of bubble type situation, uh, maybe similar to the uh, MLB, where you just put teams in two different sites. You may put teams in four different sites for these. I'm just saying. I mean, I that's that, interesting. I, I they did. That's coming. I really think that's coming, so they can get a 16 team playoff, which is a double. <laughs> Which is double the amount that you know you're going to have a, a really good playoff system. They saw it work in the in, in the for the MLB, work for the NBA. I, I just get the feeling we're headed to that. That's interesting. I, I I don't think the NFL I think wants to play all the games because they want those game checks each week. But yeah. if they see a scenario where, I mean, if, if you just look at the case, you don't come to us for you know your coronavirus breakdown. But if you just look at where the coronavirus currently stands in in our country it's not pretty and if you were already having some cases pop up in players before it's it, the active cases in the country are way out there and it's spreading faster than we've ever seen it so if you think all right let's just shut it down and salvage a big playoff and make a ton of money in the playoffs you might i could see that i Tony, i don't think you're totally off i think I, it's possible i think they're trying to get through thanksgiving 
you cannot discount how much those ratings are for those Thanksgiving games. If you play Thanksgiving games, you got to play the weekend games. Now, I was told by some guys that I I, I kind of floated this theory out there, and I was told uh, by another group of folks that I talked to that the network is just there's just no way there's just too much revenue with those last four games, five game you know through week seventeen. There's just too much revenue on the line for them to just wash those games. The NFL would have to give something up, and there's no way that the owners would do that. So. Um, I was told they don't think that will happen. But I, I, I kind of wonder if at some point now after Thanksgiving, maybe the last two weeks, if, if things are clear and you've got a clear 16 teams, eight and eight in each division where you could have a, a, a robust playoff system, then and, and that's already been approved mm-hmm. by the NFL. If they PA, cancel games, then they'll go yeah, 18 playoffs. Yeah. They're, they're good with it. And so I'm just – I uh, see that coming in. Man, it's going to be bad for fantasy. <laughs> yeah, that would be bad for fantasy. Well, if That's it, going to ruin fantasy playoffs all over the place. You know, I could now, care less <laughs> because I think I'm out. It doesn't matter. I was going to say, there's a team out there called the Acromegalies that probably would be more than happy to see the playoffs. Did the, you see the, the season be over? <laughs> Jeez. As a Broncos fan, I accept this as well. <laughs> It's sorry, something. Sorry. It's, Let's go to locks, baby. If you if you if it happens, just know you heard it here first from Uncle yeah. Tony. It, news was broken <laughs> on the Just Press Play podcast. Um, let's go to locks, and there's a lot of stuff. I, I, there's some interesting things. One game I was very interested in possibly making my lock, but it, apparently there's not a line on it. I can't find a line right now anywhere. What, is it because there's cases going on in the Chiefs game, oh, the, the Sunday night game between the Chiefs yeah. and Raiders? I wanted to put – I thought if it was anywhere yeah, below seven points, I wanted Chiefs because I just think they're ready to get a vengeance on the Raiders, and it's Andy Reid coming off a bye. But I can't find a line on my book yet. Or I can't find a line on Bet Online, And then I also I tried to look on ESPN to see if they had a line, and they don't have anything. So I guess it has something to do with COVID cases. I haven't heard that. I, I, haven't, I haven't gotten any um... – Announcements that there's been COVID cases other than Mikal Hardman, who was, but he was a couple of weeks ago. I haven't heard. Well, of it makes any. you wonder if Vegas knows something. Uh, but that doesn't mean they're not some. The Vegas Raiders put seven more players on the, the, the COVID 19 list as of 47 minutes ago. Ooh. Oh, wow. Wow. <clears throat> okay. Seven. seven. And apparently the Chiefs have, let's see, the Chiefs also have Eric, both their tackles are on the COVID list right now, and Mikal Hardman. Is not practicing. Yeah, I can understand are why they, you don't want to put a line on that. Yet. On for, are they are they saying they're on because of close contact? Or are they saying they're on because they've tested positive? The, Does, the Raiders I'm seeing close Fisher, contact. Fisher landed on the sorry. Oh, sorry. I'm saying the Raiders that I'm seeing look like they're close contact. Okay. And Fisher landed on the reserve list on Monday after being exposed to someone who tested positive, according right. to multiple sources. The Chiefs also placed few other people and it was mostly I think Hardman might have tested positive but the other that ones were the all Raiders contact, are the same there's so. one player with a positive test and then everybody that was with that player is now yeah out, so. yeah so yeah. as we've seen with Matt Stafford two weeks ago Ben Roethlisberger last week those guys could very well come back but that makes sense why Vegas yeah. hasn't put in a line yeah. on it yeah. I just think if you get if you get Chiefs anywhere under a touchdown put your mortgage <laughs> on it 
I think yeah. if it's under if it's under ten, I think they're going to come out because apparently the Raiders did a little victory tour last week or last oh, time after yeah. they beat the Chiefs. They did like a little trip around Arrowhead. I think the Chiefs coming off this bye are going to want to put the yeah. smack down on them. So I, and, uh, USA Today, I think it opened at seven. Is the Chiefs as a seven point favorite? Uh, on the road, that's a lot of points on the road for a team that's as talented as the Raiders. But I'm with you, Kevin. I, I think you look at that and go, "Oh man, the, the Chiefs are going to lay it on them for what they did." And, and uh, I think the Chiefs have spent two weeks going, "Let's hang fifty <laughs> yeah. on these on these boys." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't. So you're is that your lock? Or are you waiting? Are you well, waiting no. So that's it? just I'm just okay. trying to give one out for the people because I can't. I'm not going to make that as a lock since we don't know the line. But just keep kind of going in on bet online, and when you see that line pop up, if it's under seven, just 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 take take advantage of that. Under that's seven, all I got. To what, say. What's your what's your minimum on that to take to take the Chiefs? What's what what's your max them favored by to take the Chiefs? If it's under nine, if they You're keep going. it under nine, all right. then I'm taking the okay. Chiefs. Okay, and I'm right. okay. I right. think they win. I think they win a lot. And what they probably do is they probably put it like eight in the hook. They probably put eight and a half. Eight on and half. <laughs> that's probably You're what they're going right. to do. You're probably right. Um, looking at teams that do have a line, Pops, I know you were kind of eyeing this early. Do you have anybody you feel good about? Well, I've looked. Uh, there's two games that they're really close lines, but I would say the one I would go with is Green Bay is getting a point at Indy. Wow. Um, that one sticks out, doesn't yeah. it? So, I, I think get you're going to give the Packers a point? Wow, that uh, doesn't make any sense. Uh, um, I know Indy's got a pretty good defense, um, but I think I think I would bet that one. I do think I would bet that one. Is a lot of that coming, like Tony mentioned, is it coming off last week the, the Packers kind of struggled with a bad Jaguars team and the Colts took care of, of, a, a, of a decent Tennessee? Kind of see as a good yeah. Titans Could team. be. Could be. I think Tony's on to something. I think that, that it wasn't that they were close with the Jaguars. I think they were looking ahead. And, yeah, if I can get – Aaron Rodgers versus Phillip Rivers, who apparently Phillip Rivers can't do the deep ball or the short runs. They have to put Brissett in for goal line and deep passes. That, that's a weird, <laughs> weird thing. I've never seen that before. But no. if I can get Rodgers as an underdog against Phillip Rivers, I'm I mean, that's not even the lock of the week. That's the juicy. new betters uh, win. Of, I mean, it's just a guarantee so you get into betting. Like, that's that bump <laughs> the drug dealer gives you for free. Is what that is. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> You'll never get one that feels as good as this one, guys. So take advantage. Hey, man. I'm giving you my best stuff right here. I'll no. take the Pepsi challenge with any of those other guys. This is the stuff. Okay, right. well, so I like where we're starting because that one is juicy. LJ, what do you got? Do you have a lot yeah, this I, week? I, so I like Monday night, um, and I like the Rams to win that game, I think. So they're getting uh, four points on it. So I'll take the Rams with the plus four. No question. Over the Bucks, I mean, Tampa Bay's coming off a straight yeah, shellacking you know, of Tampa Carolina Bay's last still got week. The same identity they had with with Fitzpatrick, where it's one week they're the best team in the NFL, one week they're garbage. I mean, it's it's impossible to tell with them. Well, as long as they're not playing the Saints, well, they seem pretty yeah, good. Yeah, in the last four games, for sure, you're right about that. <laughs> but but I think the, like we've talked about, the Rams are a good all around football team. I mean, Aaron Donald's going to make Tom Brady look up at the sky a lot. Um, and so I, I think that's a win. I think that's a win for the Rams. So the plus four is really tasty. So I, I before I saw a line, I was liking this as I was going to take the Bucks, but I was hoping it would be Bucks like two and a half. Like I, putting it at four seems like a lot for them to beat the Rams. And and like you said, L, the Rams are just good. They're a solid team. Mm-hmm. 
That one's intriguing. I, li- I like that pick. Plus, I just think that's going to be an awesome win. It should night be game. fun. The well, and the Rams well, so play well on primetime, too. That's, I mean, that's a fact. So, yeah, it does seem so. For my lock this week, ah, there's a couple of tough ones. I'm, I'm not going to put anything on the Cardinal Seahawks on Thursday. I just think that's going to be a freaking awesome game to I watch. And I'm just going to. I'm just going I like how every week you let us know that you're not betting on the Thursday game. That's kind of nice. Well, no, no. You <laughs> last two weeks I've bet on the Thursday game. I just didn't want to give that out as a lock. Well, okay. And <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> I like. I really kind of think maybe the Patriots have figured something out, mm-hmm. and I think the Texans aren't very good. And minus one. Yeah. I, minus one. Yeah. Uh, but no, I'm gonna go with this. I'm gonna go with. Pops, you talked me into it. Sean Payton, his new toy, Jameis Winston, minus four and a half. I think they that offense explodes. I'm going to go on dad here. I, I'm, I should have learned from your mistake last week, but I'm giving you a parlay for okay. my life. The Saints, the Saints and over 50 and a half. I think Jameis and Tamis Hill, Taysom Hill, both okay. put up numbers on that offense. We know Matt Ryan can put up numbers. I like Saints minus four and a half and the over 50 and a half. That one's Lock of the week. Go put it down. All right. All right. All right, Tony, what do you got for your lock? All right. Y'all got me? We're ready. What do you got? I'm waiting. All right. So, huh. I'm, uh, okay, so I'm going to give you two because I, I, I Prestige Worldwide sent me something here. So, I'm going to okay. give you this. Fantastic. Uh, but Tony Loke is, is going to follow through with a couple things he said earlier uh, All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that Washington football team uh, minus two at home against Cincinnati. If you're if you're gonna lose by three on a last second field goal to, at Detroit, then uh, I'm gonna say that when you're at home and you're less than three point favorite against Cincinnati, that you can win that game. And so uh, I, I like as much as I hate to say the NFC least is going to beat anybody. Um, you know, the last place team in the AFC North coming in with no Joe Mixon because uh, the only way you really beat Washington is running. We saw that with DeAndre Swift. They really can't, you know, uh, Washington's really good against the pass. I like the Washington football team. And I've seen minus one, minus two. Uh, minus one online is, right now. They're minus one there. right now, Tony. Let's say, yeah. Uh, well, I gotta go bet that. Take that it. was I'm one of mine. So, okay, yeah. I think well, I like Washington minus one with Cincinnati coming to town. Uh, Cincinnati's in the isn't that uh, uh, lottery for the number one pick, so they can trade it and get a couple others. So uh, I, I like Washington in that game. And to give you Prestige Worldwide, Kevin, I'm glad you went the other direction on that because Prestige Worldwide says you need to be all over the Houston Texans at plus two. Oh, uh, wow. Uh, they should have beaten the, the Cleveland Browns if there wasn't a if there wasn't a, uh, a low in there that uh, sank the Edmund Fitzgerald. Uh, they would have uh, they would have uh, won that game. So, New England coming into town after a big win against Baltimore, due for a letdown. Houston getting points at home all over the Texans. I, I See, I just think my reasoning on, on the Patriots here is the Texans showed me they can't stop the run, which they also played the Browns, who with Chubb back 
might be uh, the, the Browns got Chubb yeah. and their uh, offensive guard back Wyman, I think is his name, and they are just really good yeah. when those those guys are playing. So maybe they just played a really good run team, yeah. but they couldn't stop the run. And the Patriots, I think, last week learned the only we we figured out what our offense is, and that's we just run. We give the ball to Damon Harris, Cam Newton runs. We maybe throw a couple checkdowns to Jacoby Myers. We might that's throw it. a trick play that's in it. there. Yeah. And I agree with that, except the fact that I think Houston can score more than than 23 points on New England when they're in Houston uh, in good weather because that's going to be in a dome. And I think Houston can put up 30, uh, 30 more points on New England. Now, you know, there's the one thing I'd say is Bill Belichick may be coming in with a chip on his shoulder saying, you, you, you fired my boy Bill O'Brien. I'm going to show you what a real <laughs> New England coach is like. But I don't think – I think he knew Bill was an idiot. Anyway, so um, – <laughs> I think so his staff I, got better when Bill O'Brien left. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyway. So, we'll see. That's why they call it game. Yep. All right. So, our locks this week, we have Rams plus four on Monday night. So, you can get a little skin in the game on Monday night. Make that a little more fun. Hmm. Green Bay underdogs plus one to the Colts. The Saints minus four and a half in the over against the Falcons. Washington football team minus one over the dreadful Cincinnati Bengals and Texans right now. Battle line will give you a plus one against the Patriots, so they are get, getting a point against the Patriots. So let's let's see that. I could see some money being won right there, folks. Hey boys, hey, you want me yeah. to tell you how much a five game parlay pays? Yeah, let me know a five, how much a five game parlay. Bet ten dollars pays you two hundred thirty eight dollars and seventy one cents. And the reason uh, I, what if you miss one of them? And the reason I if you miss one, <laughs> yeah, you, you want me to tell you that? that? I, I know, I know, I <laughs> know. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Tony. Say, I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, it's okay. That's no. You're absolutely right because last week the Raiders, Bills, Dolphins, Steelers, and Rams took down a five-game parlay yeah. in the afternoon. So uh, we were <laughs> liking right. that. All right. We were liking that. <laughs> so All go right, get now, them, ladies and gentlemen. Go get them. Go out there and get them. And now I want to shift to what we were going to talk about a little bit. I just want to have a conversation about this because we mentioned it off the top, and it's going on right now in the NBA. And it's specifically about our boy, old James, the bearded one, James Harden. But real quick before – Mr. Strip Club. Yeah, before we get into Mr. Strip Club and the bearded one, I want to talk about a product that maybe James Harden wants to hear about because he has a lot of hair growing all over the place. Manscaped has come out with a new product that you were going to want to figure this thing. Oh, I'm sorry. We have a different – it's a different ad rate. Excuse me. Manscaped has a product that James Harden's probably going to want to hear. If you're looking to get James Harden or anybody in your life that has has a big beard or really just (laughs) any kind of hair situation going, something for Christmas, Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the belt grooming, Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Jingle bells, jingle balls to the walls, (laughs) fellas. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Look, if you've ever had a situation where you're trying to just clean up a little bit and and do a little manscaping, and and all of a sudden either just a a snug or like grabbing some hair is bad, but if you cut yourself, just that's a delicate area. You don't want that to happen. 
Mm-hmm. That's just no. a bad area. And that's why this revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 3.0 has proprietary advanced skin safe technology. So this trimmer cuts. <laughs> so this trimmer cuts on your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new perfect package 3.0, which makes for the perfect all-around gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut-free, and smelling nice. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's just Uh. gross. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, trust me, I bet your balls stink. Speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, I'm thankful for the Crop Reviver, the product along with the Crop Preserver, keeping your balls from sweating and smelling and stinking. And these products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood. Men, you know what I mean. The perfect package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxers that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers that probably have like a hole in it with Manscaped's high-performance anti-chafing boxers. Tis the season to Manscaped. So get yourself, get your dad, get your brother, get your friends, get Uncle Tony the best gift of all, the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. And right now you can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com that is the promo code armchair a-r-m-c-h-a-i-r to get you 20 percent off plus free shipping at manscaped.com trust me all the men in your life will thank you if you go get them the perfect package hey. 3.0 <laughs> kevin i gotta tell you there are four words you don't want to hear uh during the holidays and that's we got a bleeder <laughs> 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 Gotta use that man. Gotta use that. That's never a good four got words, it. ever. <laughs> the holiday season or not. <laughs> We've got it. Gotta have oh, boy. Frank's at beans. Oh, goodness gracious. That's <laughs> Frank's at beans. All right, let's wrap up and talk some NBA, specifically James Harden and Russell uh, Westbrook now apparently wanting out of Houston. Um, and as we're recording this on Wednesday night, who knows? I don't see a trade happening anytime soon. It looks like Houston Rockets are kind of going to take their time with this. But at one point, uh, and we might have had this conversation before, and it was kind of when LeBron was making his movements, and I, I saw like NBA owners and stuff being upset, apparently, that players have the power to now move and demand trades and all this stuff. And at one point, I was all about player empowerment in this movement. But what's going on now, considering how the team's uh, – like, it just seems like it's getting out of hand. Now, looking at why these is good for the players, considering how teams will trade and cut guys in a heartbeat. I mean, going back a few years, Isaiah Thomas for the Celtics was like playing through a hip injury in the playoffs. Apparently, that hip injury was a lot worse than we realized. And he was going to miss a year. And instead of paying him a long-term contract, like they kind of – the moral thing to do, they were like, oh, actually, his hip kind of sucks. Let's trade him for Kyrie Irving and let him deal with it. And it's not been good for Isaiah Thomas since – and then you look at just this past offseason, Danny Green and Ricky Rubio both signed deals lat two years ago with the Suns and Lakers, and then both a year later get shipped and get traded. Now Danny Green's been traded twice in the past 48 hours. These teams have shown they're going to do what's best for them. It's a business. So I, I can't get too mad at the players wanting to do what's best for them. But also it sucks seeing Harden with two years on his deal, especially if you're a Houston fan, saying – 
I just, I want to leave. All right, looks like we're not the best team in the, the West. Okay, I'd like to go. I'd like to get traded. I just know as a Dallas fan, Pops, it was really cool to see Dirk on year, I think it was like year 11 or 12, stay with the Mavericks and win one in Dallas. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts with all these guys leaving, demanding trade? Anthony Davis just did a year ago. Like, do you get tired of it? What, what's your, well, what's I think, your thoughts? I think that? the Anthony Davis thing really is what we're seeing here. He kind of forced his way out and forced his way to the team he wanted to go to. And so I think you're seeing other players try to take that and, won a and, and he won a championship, which it is like out. the it worked out. If you're James Harden, you're going, it worked for Anthony Davis. Why so can't it work so for I don't guess I blame. And for a lot of the reasons you said, I mean, those owners are going to trade players. They often don't call them and tell them a lot of times they find out on the news that they've been traded. Um, I don't blame Harden for wanting to go to Brooklyn and playing with Kyrie and, and KD. Uh, but I think the Rockets are going to go, <laughs> Uh, no way, Jose, because they don't have anything that Brooklyn can trade back to them. Um, They're just not going to let him go. So I think, and they've already said, we don't care if it gets awkward. He's here next year. He's playing unless somebody comes up with a a package that is is, uh, measurable to his talents. And and I don't know, Brooklyn's not. I don't know who Brooklyn has. They got a couple of guys I like, Levert. They uh, got Dinwiddie, yeah, Karis uh, Levert and Dinwiddie uh, are not Joe bad, Harris, you know, James is fun, but they're not. Yeah, not James Harden. So, I think James Harden. You know, what do they say? You can take a, a wish and a and a crap in one hand and a wish in the other, and <laughs> and you know what that gets you? It gets you a handful of crap. So, um, you know, I just I, I think he's going to be on the Rockets again next year, probably with uh, Russell Westbrook and. It's just we're going to see what happens. I don't think they like the coach that they hired either. That that was a part of it, wasn't it? Well, apparently, yeah, apparently Harden and Russell Westbrook wanted uh, Tyron Lue, and they traded Paul Silas. For, uh, they signed Paul Silas, who was the former assistant coach at Dallas, and that, that might be rubbing in the wrong way. Uh, I don't know. It just – I'm with Harden. If you want to go do what's best for you, asked, try to do that. But, but it just – it gets me. You got. To, I'm just glad. Uh, it seems like Houston's kind of said, "No, f you. I see what you want, but you got two years on your deal, and you can you can be on the team. You can go sit at home, and if you go sit at home, you're not going to get paid. So you you tell us well, what you want to do." Didn't the Rockets tell me, uh, Kevin? You may know a little better, but so they brought Chris Paul in right for a year with a big money contract, which was what which is what Harden wanted. wanted, and then that didn't work out so they traded him for who else did Harden want uh Westbrook Russell they Westbrook him in. Harden said can you get out I, I don't want to play with Chris Paul I want to play with Russell and so they went and traded their all their picks so they've done everything Harden wanted and now Harden's just going to go like you kind of said if you uh I want to go play in Brooklyn uh and I think Houston's going to go uh no no you're not I I'm glad they're at least standing up cuz at some point and at some point, this is going to hurt the players if they keep trying to wield this power. The, the CBA is going to roll around, and these billion-dollar owners, billionaire owners, they're going to go, let's get this better for us. And, and the reason this changed to where these, these players have shorter deals and can move around more is because the owners wanted to switch it from long-term deals to short-term deals because the owners kept being making stupid decisions and trading or signing guys to like seven-year, $100 million deals, and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. – year three through seven looks awful. So they want to switch it to short and the players take advantage of it. It's business. And at the end of the day, the owner probably sees it and go, 
oh, wait, they're kind of beating us at our own game. So they probably respect a little bit, but they're also going to try to get nail on the head right there. In the next, in the next CBA, they'll, they'll fix this some way. Um, LJ, I know you don't watch yeah, a ton but, of basketball, but I want to know your thoughts on some of this stuff. Well, I think so directly what you guys are talking about, specifically the next CBA, I think the players are looking at that chomping at, or champing, champing at the bit just as, just as well as the owners are because I think uh, for the players to give up what they've got right now, they got to get something in return. And I think that's what we all are talking about is that the players are the ones that make the money for the team. Like the, the, there are other people that make money on, for the team, you know, coaches and front office people. They like create an income. But for the most part, the players are what people are here to watch. And so they deserve this negotiating power. And yeah, some idiots like James Harden. I don't think I like James Harden. I don't think he's the brightest bulb. Um, and so you know, the Rockets should have maybe vetted him a little bit more before they decided to just bend at every will that he had, or every whim that he had, or whatever. But for the most part, I think the deal is that um, the league needs to decide: do we want dynasties, or do we want uh, players running around to be with their friends? Like you, it basically the system they got right now. You got to pick one. And I think they so didn't want dynasties because they didn't want the Warriors to be the the team for the next fifteen years. But you got to pick one, I think. So, well, that's interesting to me. That, that and that brings up the next thing I wanted I wanted to bring up was that you're getting to a point where these guys move so much, you don't have fans of teams anymore. Maybe this isn't important, but like I'm a Mavericks fan, and, I, and part yeah. of this is because Dirk was on the Mavericks, and I really liked watching Dirk, and he was on the team. My whole life. Like, I grew up watching Dirk on the Mavericks. And so that was able – and now Dirk left, and it helps that the year Dirk's gone, they they draft Luka Doncic, who looks to be really good. So that helps. Don't get me yeah. wrong. But now you don't see guys who are fans of the team. It's just, oh, LeBron's on Cleveland this year? I'm rooting for Cleveland. LeBron's on Miami this year? Rooting for Miami. And I don't know if that's good or bad. Like, I, I think it does help to have – I think it's – I, I think it's neither, honestly. I think it's just it's a different sort of way to look at the game. I think like there may be a point if nothing changes and it just keeps going the same route where you're the you know you're of the older generation of NBA fans who still root for a team like an idiot. Um, whereas like the 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 cool kids are all just picking the players that they like to watch. Yeah. And uh, you know, or they change it right and they they go back to the sort of dynasty mode where they've. Uh, and they, you know, they need to figure out a way to make one player a little or two players a little bit less of an impact over the course. Of, but whatever, um, if they can make it a little bit more dynasty ish, then everybody will start being fans of teams again. But I don't think it really matters in the long run. It's just a different way of watching the game. Tony, I know basketball is not your go to sport, but what are your thoughts on some of all, yeah, all this? Yeah, you know. Thanks, Kevin, because I do have a couple of thoughts on it. And I've been watching the draft today and I, congratulations to Obi Toppin. I think it's awesome. Top yeah. 10 draft pick. Um, great story. Uh, but, you know, two things. The thing I don't like, and I'll, LJ said something I think is phenomenal uh, about sports today. But I'll, I'll come to that in a second. But Thank the you. first thing is, I, 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 think it's just, <laughs> I, I think it's just ridiculous. It's just like the NFL and Major League Baseball what position is most important in 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 basketball? There, there, uh, to me, there's two. It's the center, the person who's got the most height with most athleticism, and the point guard. And all these other dudes are just blowing in the wind because if James Harden or someone else is making between 24 and 28 points per game, I don't give a shit. 
right? Just give me that shooting guard that can do that. And there's there's a hundred of them, but a point guard that can that can make a difference when the game when in the last two minutes of the fourth quarter, that that can make the pass, that can that can make the shot difference. That that's the difference maker, or the person who can who becomes a mismatch down low or for whatever reason, that's a difference maker. And there's not many of them. AD is one of them. Uh, in my time, Garnett was one of them. You know, and those guys can say, hey, I, I want to do these things. But it really irritates me now. And, and I don't know all the names, but I watched the, the, this, this movement in the NBA about, hey, we want to get together and get together. We want to have this kind of heat thing where we have this threesome. Or we want to have this – not the – Threesome and Heat go together. Anyway, that came out wrong. But um, <laughs> you, know, you see the Lakers, and so that really bothers me about the NBA uh, that they can do that. And it, and, and it may be because there are only 13 players on a team, and you got 30 teams. Maybe you need 40 teams with 13 players a team, and maybe you wouldn't see this as much, and maybe you'd see more of a team mentality. But so that's my that's my take on it. It's just really it, it's unfortunate for that game, but. The, it, it kind of revolves around what LJ said, and I and I think the NBA is a microcosm of sports in the current generations of people watching it. It's more about individualism than it is about teams. And you, you being a Celtics fan should be more than being. Um, and see, and I, this is going to tell me about you know that player, the big <laughs> players fan. So you should be a Rockets fan more than a James Harden fan. Or you should be a Lakers fan more than a LeBron fan. But you don't see that anymore. There are 25, 30 NBA players who have name recognition if you follow that sport and you're following that player rather than following one of those 30 teams. But who follows the New Orleans Pelicans? Anybody? Anybody here follow the Pelicans? Can there's got to be some, but yeah, I don't think there's many, many of them. Five? I mean, I know they're bad. How about the Charlotte Hornets? <laughs> uh, you know, and, and so – I think the NBA really is driving this, and it goes all the way down. There is so much individualism in sports today, and I think the NBA is it really magnifies that with the way we see these players marketed and these players and their salaries. And MLB does the same thing; it's somewhat of the same thing. And there's more of those players to go around, but I just see the NBA and its popularity really driving that individualism of sports. Uh, versus the team aspect of sports. Well, and then to wrap up, pops, I I think a lot of this it stink it stinks seeing guys move all over the place because like we I mentioned off the top, but like Dirk entered the summer of 2010 at 32 years old, which is just a year older than Harden, and with the permanent marker of being a soft regular season star whose windows closed and can't win the big games, and then instead of going anywhere else, he stayed in Dallas and won the championship that following year, and it was. He said that it means more than any championship would have been anywhere else. But we've put such a, at least on the the way you hear it, if you listen to Sports Talk Radio or the First Take shows or any of those, like just talking about players, it's about, in terms of, well, Jordan has six rings, LeBron has this, and Harden has no rings, so he's not good. And Durant, before he went to the Warriors, has no rings. And so we've put such a a, a, a – a, a level of you got to get a ring. So if you're James Harden, the only thing he hasn't done really is get a ring. So why not go join up with Kevin Durant and try to go get your ring? I I think that's his thought process. Maybe we should stop putting so much weight on you have to get a ring to be one of the best ever. 
But also, you kind of got to get a ring. What do you think, Paul? Well, I think, and maybe we are the old school, but I, I'm still a fan of the Mavericks. I'm still a fan of the Cowboys. I'm still a fan of the Razorbacks. Um, you know, I am a fan of certain players. Um, I do watch where they go. I'm a, I'm a KD fan. I am a KD fan. I really like him, and I want to see where he goes. I'm going to watch Brooklyn because I'm a fan of Steve Nash, quite frankly. I want to see what happens with Brooklyn this year. But I do – regret that we're getting away from from being f- fans of teams and being fans of individuals and and kind of like LJ said I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing maybe it's just a thing but it's nostalgically I'm sad about it I don't like where it's heading yeah I mean if you watch the game right now if you're growing up watching the game <clears throat> it was so cool in the last dance to see some of those like Le- uh, Michael getting over the Pistons and how they would battle every year and now you don't really – you had the Cavs and Warriors for a few years, but then it switched, and then it was – now it's the Lakers and uh, Lakers and Heat last year, but I, and maybe it'll be Brooklyn and Lakers. It, it, we don't, it doesn't seem like we have those rivalries where teams clash every single year and they're trying to get over each other. Now it's just kind of – it's just James Hart. It's LeBron versus Steph, not necessarily team yeah. versus team. And I, that kind of stinks. I like the I like rivalries. the rivalries too. Well, I do want to just real quick to add on uh, the last thing I think I need to say is that I think a big difference, though, Dad, you were talking about you're a Cowboys fan and a Razorbacks fan. I mean, you're primarily a, uh, like in those. Well, at least Cowboys, that's a football team. And there's a big difference between the way the football handles individual stars and basketball handle indivi- handles individual stars. And so I think this is a pr- like a very uniquely basketball problem. Yeah. And I think that the reason is, is because when there's five guys on the court, one person can take it, you know, one person can, can control the entire game. And, and, uh, you know, we've seen it with LeBron for years. We saw it with Jordan back in the day. I mean, it's a pretty constant thing that in basketball, one person can own the entire game. And so then, yeah, why, why be a Bulls fan? Like, what's the importance of being a Bulls fan? You're a Jordan fan. Um, because that's what brought you to the Bulls. And when he left, they weren't any good anymore. So, uh, I think it's a uniquely basketball problem and they've got to find a way to fix it. Or, I mean, it, it really feels like they're leaning into it, and I'm kind of okay with it. It's just the way that their game works, you know? Could well, be. And some of the players might be – some of the players might say, oh, that the NBA does market different and these stars. Like, LeBron's a bigger – probably a bigger star on just um, on sports than Tom Brady is, who's an amazing quarterback. Uh, they're probably exactly. close. But the NBA markets it a little different, and it helps that they don't have a helmet on their That's head. Right. You know, it helps that you, you see, see them. them. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, and you know those players don't hate it. Yeah. It works for them. And so it ends up making it. That's why the, the the money that James Harden makes off the court is why he's able to turn down, as we talked off the top, $50 million a year because he's he's still getting paid and he's just decided, F Houston, I'm done with Houston, which I guess yeah. he can do. And he's made enough money and he's got enough – he has enough confidence that I'll make my money. Oh, yeah. I'll find a way to make money. Cause Remains to be seen if he can do it or not. I think he could be – he could True. sit at home and catch up on days of our lives next year uh, and do it. <laughs> we'll see. But, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Has he talked to Le'Veon Bell yeah. about how to do this properly? <laughs> well, I think if, if Le'Veon Bell has notes on it, the best thing you could do would be to burn those notes if you're James Harden. You do not yeah, want to read yeah, those. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't work out so well for Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, not so much. All right, I think that wraps us up for this week. We got a little bit of uh, NBA, NFL. We did a little bit of it all. Don't forget to go over to Bet Online and get, put that promo code armchair. You can get a little extra money. And then you can go get our locks of the week. You can go make some. We gave you some 
I felt like I, maybe I feel like this oh, every week, but I thought this week. Some weeks I feel like when we give our locks, I'm like, uh, I don't know. I think they're good, but I'm not. This week, I mean, we just handed out money. Mm. We just this we're printing t- money. I feel yeah, like. it's a tough week, and and we're gonna start calling you guys big money grip. <laughs> <laughs> So I think it is the it's money to be made. Um, also, before we go, I want to say everyone have a we we might be back next week. I'm not 100 percent sure the holidays or Thanksgiving come up. Either way, this Thanksgiving is going to be kind of weird. So just uh, shout out to all the people. I hope you have a good Thanksgiving. I hope stay all safe. be safe. Yeah, at least yeah. Stay, yeah, safe. stay safe. Call be your smart. loved ones if even if you can't visit them. Maybe pull, pull them up on video chat or something. It's going to be a weird Thanksgiving. So thoughts are with everybody out there this next Great. week. So. All right, that'll do it. Make sure to follow, uh, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, and then find us on Facebook and Twitter at Just Press Play Pod. All right, thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. Peace. 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 Hey, Kat, before you start recording, second question. I heard it said that the Ball family is the Kardashians of LeVar, damn ball guys. He's obnoxious as hell. So I'm better off. I don't I would. No, no, no. Here's, here's what you need to do. Okay. Go out there and, and, and Google or go to YouTube and look at Keenan Thompson doing LeVar Ball. It's it's awesome. Okay. That's right. <laughs>